Okay, so we're looking ahead to game week six and we'll let you know what are the best fixtures to target in, in this game week, which are the best captaincy options. So Greg, last week we we put the, we put your model to the ringer to determine which will be the best fixtures, which will be the best captaincy options. Obviously, we can't account for all the human factors that, that come through, like Manchester City drawing against Southampton, for example. But at least it's helped us with our captaincy. Salah was the best captaincy option in the game last week. We came through there unless you went with left field options like Saar or, or, or someone like that there. Mm. So yeah, to kick off our, our game week six, big class Chelsea versus Man City. You will probably get to see what Chelsea are really about here as well. So what you make of this one? I mean, it's, it's going to be an absolute clash of the Titans. And I think these top four, uh, you know, I think the top four is going to be extremely close this year. We've spoken about it before. City, Chelsea, Liverpool, United. It's going to be coming down to these sort of fixtures. Who who takes the title, in my opinion? So this is the this is the, the cracker because everyone wants to jump on Chelsea after this fixture, and you, you know, possibly we're making a mistake by not by not having Chelsea defenders already and uh, realizing just how good their defense is, but. Yeah, I think this is for me. It's going to be a low-scoring game. I think both defenses are extremely good. I think it'll be, you know, sort of very few goals in the game. I think, you know, I've got Lukaku. Um, I don't have any other City players personally, um, but you can't not play them. It's they're, they're all, those guys are just all too good. So, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's where you want to pick your captain, but I think uh, it's going to be a cracker to start the game week for sure. So possible nil-nil over there. I think very possible 0-0. I think uh, I think very possible 1-1 as well. 1-0, uh, 1-1. Uh, I, th- I think those. That's where we're going to be be sort of seeing seeing the results come out. Um, I'd be surprised if we see a, a high-scoring game. I think both teams yeah. have a lot yeah. more to lose than they do to gain. Uh, City, I think, will be happy with a draw. Chelsea potentially happy with a draw. So I think yeah, for me, low scoring for sure. So there might be a situation where they effectively shake on a nil nil or a draw effect, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, something like that. Remember last season when when uh, I think was it City came when Liverpool travelled to the Etihad, and then the first half was quite end to end. It was one one, and then City missed a penalty, and the second half both teams just retreated and ended up yeah. with the situation where they, you know, they it's almost like they shook on the draw and they were like, okay, we're fine, we're happy. With yeah, this. we'll just pass the ball around the back until time yeah. runs out, type of thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Good. for me the the most interesting part is going to actually be to see if uh, Alonso plays for Chelsea because he's been so incredibly attacking. It'll be interesting to see if he. If he makes the starting lineup for this team, I mean, I think he's just, it's going to be, when is he not going to play? Because he's so good against the weaker teams and so attacking. Um, if, if if anything, this would be the game that he that he might be rested and he might go for a really, really, really solid, uh, you know, sort of back four, back five. Um, so... Yeah, that's where that's where I'm going to be keeping my my, my eyes open on uh, on the Chelsea lineup. I just hope Reese James plays. That's <laughs> all I need him to play and get me some points in this game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's all. He's another uh, one because yeah, if he doesn't play for a second game in a row, 
suddenly you start to question whether you know how much game time is he going to get <laughs> yeah no de- definitely yeah but de- de- definite crack over then also made better that you know maybe it's an opportunity for revenge from man city but on the other hand you know for the champions league final but mm. on the other side of it is that chelsea have a very good record over city not just recently but over the last four or five years so that also uh, adds quite a dynamic to this fixture as well yeah it's a game i'm really looking forward to as a, as a football fan yeah definitely definitely and then uh, so yeah like you said no real captaincy picks from there quite obvious on that one maybe just stack up on defenders there i suppose but the next one manchester united versus villa which is so rare to have two line, effectively, you know, 130 games for us, but effectively lunchtime kicks or kickoffs happening at the same time. But Manchester United play Villa at the same time, which doesn't, it seems like a bit of a scheduling mix up over there. They probably just want to have Ronaldo on TV, so they made the kickoff. <laughs> well, I don't know who's going to be watching that game because I must be honest, you know, given Chelsea City or uh, United versus Villa, I'm I'm certainly going to be watching the Chelsea City game. Um, but yeah, 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 I think yeah. I think it should be an easy game for United. Um, you know, they, they've looked really good this season, and certainly a captaincy option it pops up out of that game. Um, Ronaldo has got to be the guy, the guy that you, you are considering. I thought um, you were going to say Danny Ings. And, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I think the the Villa options are are not are not in my not in my mind at all, um, and I'm hoping that Shaw can actually uh, you know bring some points because I think he's been quite disappointing this season from an FPL return perspective. Yeah, definitely. I, I also like I I wildcarded him out of my my team. I got in James, and I was like, okay, fine. You know, Shaw got a clean sheet, wipe out, and I was like, okay, maybe now James has a chance to 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 get some points, and he didn't play, but. <laughs> Um, you know, I agree with you. I think Shaw's looked really good. He's got, you know, you can see like even where, where was it the game against Southampton? I think where they didn't keep a clean sheet, but he got two bonus points, mm. which I think was quite quite spectacular. But he he looks good for attacking returns. He good. He he still looks like a bonus points magnet. But yeah, the the the, the inability to keep keep clean sheets does really affect you know affect you when you have somebody in your defense who's five point five million. Yeah, exactly. It's it's an expensive asset. So you you need in a game like this, you need those clean sheets. You need those attacking returns. So I mean, I'm happy as a show owner having him for this game for sure. Um, just hoping I can actually get some points now um, before I lost because I'm I'm looking at show art probably. Um, next week uh, to, to to bring in some you know probably Alonso at this stage over James. Yeah, they, 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 that seems like the logical move at the moment as well. Especially if Alonso continues playing, then mm. yeah, it, it just looks like and it looks like Thomas Tuchel really really rates Alonso and he's been playing him in most games since he's become manager anyway. So I yeah. think that is look, there's no player that's ever fixture proof, but I think Alonso is a good option. If you're looking for somebody who's at least going to play 80-90% of games as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, look, um, that's an interesting one. I think it's fairly obvious that, you know, a lot of people will be looking to captain Ronaldo there as well. I'm kind of like, you know, we, we'll get to that just now, I suppose, when, when we discuss Liverpool's fixture. But I'm, I'm still kind of debating, you know, whether I want Salah or Ronaldo as captain going into this week. But... Quite a nice fixture coming up next. 
if you maybe own Demare Gray or someone like that, or mm. maybe possibly Richarlison, is Everton versus Norwich. Yeah, I think Calvert Lewin's going to be out still. Um, I haven't, I haven't okay, seen the updated news, right, right. Um, but we'll we'll watch that obviously with the press conferences later in the week. Uh, but yeah, it's interesting. Gray Gray is certainly an outside shout as as a captaincy option. He he's actually um, uh, here in seventh in my in my model for the for the game week, and it's only really behind uh, you know Liverpool players and 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 Antonio, um, obviously Ronaldo as well, but. Um, so that that gives you a shot that you you know your options are Salah, Ronaldo, Antonio, and then it's Gray. Um, so if you're looking for sort of a differential captain option, I think he he's a good shot against Norwich. Differential triple captain even if you're really, <laughs> if you're really <laughs> like, feeling spicy. Yeah, then, that then that that's some it. extra spice right there. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, so uh, like I said, you know, uh, when I brought in, uh, you know, I looked at this fixture and I thought, wow, that, that's going to be quite an interesting one. And part of my wildcard as well was looking at that thing. Okay, Gray coming in, not a bad option considering the fixtures as well. Yeah, he, he looks, I mean, this is the game that I think the model would was definitely looking to bring him in. We've got uh, United next and then uh, West Ham. Watford's a good one, but then Wolves and then Spurs. So this is this is the you know, this is the fixture that the you want fixture, Everton yeah. player, uh, Everton player for. Yeah, ex- exactly, exactly, and uh, and then Norwich. I'm not going to even speak about them at the moment because it's like mm, not applicable. Unless you're not applicable <laughs> unless you wanted, unless you're waiting for the Pookie party and then you got in on it last week. This yes, really which, which which was quite cool. The model actually um, had him quite high up last week. <laughs> yeah, um, really I had him had him as an outside shot for for points, but the problem is you, he's never going to be one of those long term shots that you no, can exactly. have in your team yeah, for yeah. for six weeks or more. Yeah, it'd definitely be one of those if you're playing like a free hit or something, and uh, and and they have a good fixture, then you can bring him in. But yeah, apart yeah. from that over there, you, you're not going to really consider because you'll end up being saddled with these players. Like we were speaking about wolves uh, in in the previous episode as well, yeah. and uh, yeah, it it just uh, they they are non entity at the moment. And then next up is quite an interesting fixture for me: Leeds versus West Ham. Now Leeds, we were talking about them a little, but they still look decent attacking wise, and West Ham haven't looked that great defensively. I mean, have they even kept a clean sheet? I think they might have just kept one, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, West Ham, on the other hand, Mikhail Antonio, FPL legend, is back in the game. I don't have him. I really would like to have him, <laughs> but I don't want to. I won't call it waste my transfer, but I'm trying to be diligent about it at the moment. But like at 7.9 million, I could easily just swap him out for Bamford and then I'm done. But uh, yeah, th- th- that's an interesting one. So what you make of this fixture over here? I think this one's goals, goals, goals. Um, for both sides or just one side? No, I think for both. I think, uh, you know, I've got them at pre- both at 1.5 predicted goals. Um, so, I, you know, I'm expecting three four goals at minimum in this game um it, it's they both seem to be defensively quite poor they both seem to be scoring goals uh, i think west ham more so than leeds at the moment but leeds have that leeds are creating a lot of chances and i think if as as an attacking owner of any of those players um you're going to be very happy i've got rafinha and i've got antonio and yeah, I'm very happy going into that fixture with those two. I think you've got Ben Rama. I think you've got, you know, obviously Bamford's up there. Um, 
you know, there's nothing else to say other than this this could be a firecracker. Yeah, look, I wish I had a West Ham player in because obviously as part of my wildcard, I took them out. But, well, in Antonio's case specifically, but I've got Bamford and Rafinha, so I'm hoping that they can cover for it. But if anything happens, they, they, they might be, you know, if, if, if I decide to make a transfer, that will be the one I'll do is probably to take out Bamford and put in Antonio. So I covered mm. both Leeds and, and West Ham side. Mm. But if I do that type of transfer, obviously, I wouldn't be doing it for one fixture. You know, someone like Antonio, I'd want him for a, a longer period of time anyway. Yeah, I, I kept him through the, the suspension last week just because of that, because his, his outlook just looks so good. He, his numbers are, are so impressive. And as long as he stays fit, I think I think you are you're going to be very, find it very difficult to watch West Ham games without without having Antonio on your team. No, definitely. Like if if I wasn't wildcarding, I would have definitely kept him in my team and played an extra defender or whatever it is, because I, I wouldn't have seen the logic of transferring him out just to look to try and get him back in it would feel like a waste to transfer yeah but uh, because i was wildcarding you know you, you it's very difficult it's it's almost like i used i strategically put specific players like bamford almost like placeholders like what i did with ronaldo to lukaku for example you know where i kept specific you know i had a specific team structure in mind and i said okay these are like almost my placeholders so if it doesn't work out it's easy for me to move to other players within that price bracket as well and antonio was one of the big reasons apart from Luka, ronaldo to lukaku antonio mm. was one of the big ones as well for me because i can either choose to move from bamford to antonio or if i free up that money when i move from ronaldo to lukaku when, whenever i do so then i have the start to also maybe move Raul Jimenez to, to Antonio as well which actually probably makes more sense as well. Yeah that, I think that looks like the move at the moment. I think uh, Bamford's stats are still very very good yeah. um, which is crazy considering uh, you know when he started last year and like everyone was sort of laughing laughing as <laughs> uh, people that had him in in, in their teams but uh his, people his were very remembering good. from middlesbrough yeah. days uh, from a few years ago like what a waste <laughs> yeah and uh his numbers are really good and leads are creating chances so i, I would i would keep bamford and and look to rotate uh, him and his art because they've they've wolves have certainly been uh, very poor yeah sure they, they definitely definitely fully agree over there and then looking at um the next one is Leicester and Burnley. Now, I was so frustrated with that penalty that Leicester conceded because, in my opinion, it was not a penalty. Uh, I don't know if you saw it, but uh, Vestergaard was being pulled down in the box. Mm. And then he, he, I mean, come on, man, you know, he no, wasn't even ba in, in balance. And then he handballed. And, um, you know, t and that, that was effectively the clean sheet wipeout right there. But I was like, just hoping, please, please save it, save it. Because, you know, I brought in Schmeichel on my yeah. wildcard. And, uh, well, he didn't save it. And then Brighton went and scored again. But yeah. Schmeichel did make three saves. So I got the one extra point, I suppose. So I take some solace in there. But fi a fixture against Burnley is not a bad one to look to be keeping a clean sheet there. Because Burnley have not been great as well. Yeah, Leicester are um, forty-one percent, which is pretty high to keep a clean sheet in that game. So, I think you you should be on a good wicket there for for a clean sheet. But uh, Leicester haven't looked great this season. They've they've really lacked uh, sort of any oomph in, in their in their performances. So, 
um, I think it's time for them. This the, this game, I think they need to start turning it on. But uh, 41% is very good. So I think you'll be happy as a Schmeichel owner. And I, I'm not targeting any Leicester players at the moment. They just haven't really they haven't really shown any value yet. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I'm happy with... I won't say happy, but for Leicester defenders, I'm okay with it because I think they will collect the odd nil-nil and something like that. Yeah, there. But it's the attackers that just don't appeal to me at the moment. Yeah, I mean, other than Vardy, who's just your your mainstay, you can always count on him to to bring the goals. But uh, yeah, yeah, but he's dif- just too difficult at that price. Well. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. the thing. So, yeah, I think there's again, it's, it's one of those fixtures like. Hmm, it's just not i'm going to be watching the leeds west ham fixture <laughs> yeah yeah and then watford and newcastle now the interesting one is that looking at the leeds and newcastle game which was so open-ended and then looking at how watford de- de- demolished norwich the, this actually kind of leaves me thinking that this could be quite the entertaining fixture but i just don't know who would win it yeah, this this also looks it looks like it's going to be a pretty close game, and and also looks like there could be quite a few goals in it. Um, uh, Saint Maximum's looked amazing for Newcastle. Saar was great last week for Watford, so I think it could be another one of those high-scoring fixtures. Not quite Leeds West Ham, but uh, I think you know the models got it got it at uh, I think 2.8 goals uh, predicted for the game, with Watford slightly edging it out. So. Yeah, I think uh, I think you'll be happy if you've got uh, some action going there. I think I think not many people have players from those teams. Unless a lot of people still have Emmanuel Dennis as a, an enabler, budget enabler. Some mm. people maybe have Sa from early on, and their patience would have been rewarded as well. But uh, with Newcastle, I suppose you know um, I don't think Callum Wilson's back yet, right? So. That yeah, that's an, that's another one we're going to have to be waiting uh, injury news on because he, his stats are also phenomenal. And yeah, uh, yeah. I think if if he's back, um, yeah, I mean, I would, it's certainly a guy I think you should consider. He, he he is head and shoulders above the rest when it comes to to sort of the bottom tw- bottom ten teams in terms yeah. of uh, goal scoring ability. He definitely looks like the best goal scorer out there at, yeah. at the end of the table. But Saint Maximan at at six point seven looks a really really great option, and I mean it's a good price as well. And the other part of it is that you know when, when you're playing FPL and you have certain players who are so exciting to watch as well, they just give you that extra incentive to want to have them in your team as well. Yeah, he looks exciting, but I, I, I feel like he's a, possibly a bit of a trap. Um, yeah, I think so too. I think so too. Um, well. I, I would be, I would be waiting for uh, for Wilson to get back, and uh, you know, I think I think he'll create a lot for Wilson. I think that's that's where the the, the real value lies. Yeah, de- de- definitely, definitely. I think that's when yeah, his assist potential will go up as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and then the one that I want to talk about, Liverpool and Brentford. So Liverpool go to Brentford. Brentford have the second lowest expected goals conceded at the moment. Brilliant start to the season for them. They absolutely schooled Wolves. The way they managed the game, they frustrated Wolves to their core. They were were a bit of shithouses as well, to be honest with you. They were frustrating Wolves no end in that game. Mm. But... uh, um, now they're probably going to have their biggest test of the season with uh well not probably definitely the biggest test of the season so far 
coming up against the team who could effectively double that expected goals conceded numbers by the ending of the week and even if they don't double it you know you could back Salah to score from some ridiculous angles and yeah. end up uh, leave and, and leave Brentford's expected goals conceded in a good condition but the actual numbers could end up be a mess yeah I think people are considering not captaining Salah because of how good those numbers are and I personally, I think it's a mistake. The, the models, got, you know, has got all that data in it. And Liverpool are still way ahead of this week at 1.9 uh, predicted goals. And Salah's numbers are just insane. The man is yeah. insane. Like if you, he, he is so far ahead of even Ronaldo in terms of predictions for this game week. Um, he's going to be my captain for sure. And I think, I think it would be a mistake not to do that. No, I, I agree. And I think... When, when we start thinking of not captaining Salah and looking at captaining someone else, then I think it it almost where it becomes a thing where, you know, you want to try and be maybe different for the sake of it or trying to overthink it or being a bit too clever about it. But mm. sometimes you just got to look at it and face value and look at, you know, which of your premiums has the best player, best fixture, sorry, and just captain them and not think about it too much. Yeah, and it's something that I always like remember from past seasons is is how fixture proof forwards are and even when you talk about like are oh, you up against a good defense when, when you've got the top guys uh, in your team as forwards they are like y- y- they just tend to be fixture proof and even when they're playing the cities and the and the and the chelsea's and the really good defenses they they just seem to score um they have this knack to do that and uh, certainly in the, against Brentford, I'm not, I'm not going to be too too concerned about their recent uh, recent figures, and I'm just going to you know stick my stick my armband on Salah. Yeah, I, I think me too. Like, I, you know, I, I have been throwing it out there, you know, on the pod, and we were talking about it offline as well. But I think deep down, I know that I'm probably just going to stick with Salah anyway. It does make the game a lot more fun as a as a Liverpool supporter as well. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> having know, Salah captain, yeah. yeah, especially this past weekend as well was exactly <laughs> one of those, you know. Yeah, and then the next one that's quite interesting is Southampton and Wolves. Now we've spoken about Southampton a bit in the previous episode. We've spoken about Wolves, so without you know going in too much into detail back on the again. Wolves have been just, you know, like, you know, probably one of the biggest frauds in the game so far. I just don't know what to make of them. And now all of a sudden, with someone like Livramento coming, you know, coming into the picture, a lot of people, you know, will have him as an enabler at the moment. And Southampton have just been really, really so well defensively organized against good attacking teams like Manchester United, like City and West Ham in the process. So looking at this over here, I mean, I have a situation now where like I've got Roman size in, in my in my starting 11 and Livramento as first option on my bench. But I'm seriously considering just switching it around, getting Livramento into my, you know, into my starting 11. But I have this nagging doubt that someone like size is also a bonus points magnet as well at times yeah, when Wolves keep those, a clean sheet. And he's got that attacking potential. But in this game, I mean, the model's really like basically spot on with, with what my thinking would have been, you know, on a just just looking at the past performances. But it's got it got them both at 1.2 ex- uh, predicted goals for, for game week six, which is incredibly low. 
Um, so I think this this fixture really has nil nil written all over it, um, and they're both. I mean, Southampton's at 34% for a clean sheet, and Wolves at 36. So very high clean sheet probabilities, very low predicted goal probabilities. Um, it's it's way lower than even the the City Chelsea games uh, game. So. I think if, if yeah. ever there's going to be a null-null, this this really does have the right. No, to definitely, normal. definitely does have it because even looking at the the respective attacks from those teams as well, they've looked so blunt for most of the games as well so far that mm-hmm. I wouldn't really tip them to go and, and and get or all of a sudden just you know for one team to just haul you know in this yeah. game yeah, and also looking at that that fixture specifically. I have, you know, I see Bamford and Rafinha is flagged, which I probably think they'll, they'll play. But, you know, usually you'll think, okay, you know what, maybe I must keep an eye on a potential transfer. And if like if someone like Bamford is out, I mean, that's easy. Just go to Antonio, you know. But looking at Rafinha specifically, because of the fact that both sides and Livermore have such high probability of clean sheet, I'd probably just be tempted to go and play a 4-3-3. I mean... Yeah, easy 4-3-3. Yes, 4-3-3 because of that over there as well. Yeah, if he's out, I think that's probably the way to go. Yeah. I think uh, you, you, your expectation for, for wasting a transfer or using a transfer that you don't need to it's probably going to be lower than just uh, yeah. holding on to a guy like Rafinha that you want to use later on. He's, he's a great long-term hold. And if the injury is minor, I mean, if the injury is serious and, and, and they come out in the press conferences and say he's out for a few weeks, it's a different story. Yeah, when, you, sure, when yeah, they come yeah. out and you know, if he comes out and said he's he's fifty fifty for the game or something, then yeah, you then you've got that bench option where you know Livermento off the bench is might just uh, work again. And with somebody like Rafinha, I suppose if you within that price bracket, if you want to go for someone like Ben Rama as well, then it it's it's a straight move, straight swap as well. Yeah, that's an option. I think if you don't have Gray, I think that's that's the easy, the real easy option with with Norwich this week. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there there are options at that price point, which some also makes your decisions quite easy. Yeah, and then probably one that uh, you know that's uh, th- this might be a potential decider for the U- UEFA Conference League spot or whatever they call it. You know, Arsenal and Spurs. Now. Looking at those two teams, they've been so poor. Like Spurs have the lowest XG by far in a mm. game this season. They look so black. Even when they were winning the their first three games, they they just looked absolutely devoid of any creativity or whatever. They were really relying on on like you know feeding off scraps like players like Son and so on. And then Arsenal kind of like now they have a chance to, to, to probably get a result against a team that's not Norwich or Burnley or something like that. Mm. What do you make of this fixture over here? I mean, it just seems like a, an absolutely boring, boring, boring London derby. Um, which is see, which is something you that we... see it as a nil-nil? Like... I think there's this potential. I mean, this looks... I mean, Arsenal and, and Spurs have both looked so poor attacking-wise this whole season. Um, the model's also... You know thereabouts with um, Arsenal at 1.5 predicted goals and Spurs at 1.3. So it's it's again it's low scoring. You know the the, the probabilities are, are pretty pretty high that it's going to be a draw. Um, their clean sheet probabilities aren't aren't through the roof. So I think this one's probably looking in like a 1-1. Um, you know odds on for a for a 1-1 top result. 
but it, it just doesn't inspire you don't it's not a game that you like can't wait to watch this weekend which is quite sad for a for a london, a london derby yeah it does feel quite disappointing i must say that you know that that should be one of the flagship games of the weekend and we're not really that interested in it mm, exactly yeah yeah, and then last up on Monday is Crystal Palace and Brighton, which is actually a rivalry. So Crystal Palace, look, I must say, they they, they actually gave Liverpool a game. I mean, the, the results, if you look at Liverpool winning 3-0 against Leeds and then 3-0 against Crystal Palace, it's easy to look at the score and think, wow, Liverpool battered them. But Crystal Palace, compared to Leeds, actually gave Liverpool quite a game. Yeah, they, I mean, we've been surprised by how good Crystal Palace have been under Patrick Vieira. And they look a lot more defensively sound. I didn't expect it to be fair because yeah. looking at how Patrick Vieira has done in his managerial career before he's got here, I kind of didn't, I, 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 I kind of actually thought that they might be really candidates for relegation right now. Yeah, no, he's done well, but I think this this looks like another. There seem to be a few of them this week where this is this might be another watching paint dry fixture <laughs> where the predicted goals are low for both teams. The clean sheet probabilities are quite high. Um, you know, Brighton are at thirty nine percent for a clean sheet. Uh, Crystal Palace thirty one percent. So this 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 also has nil nil written all over it. Um, so there are going to be some some real boring fixtures. It looks like this week. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 so 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 just just on that alone, Sunday Sunday fixtures all seem no no. So just write it off Monday as well. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with nil nil one one and nil nil for for Sunday Monday. So after Saturday after Saturday after Saturday maybe stop watching the football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, it'll be interesting one, and hopefully, like you know, we, we were talking about it—the fact that there's been these massively high-scoring weeks, which seems almost literally every week. So, game week five, the average points was 55. The yeah. previous week it was 57. Game week three was 54. Game week two was 56, and game week one was 69, which is absolutely ridiculous for a single game week. Mm. So, just looking at at that alone. Every week seems to be the you know there, there seems to be something in it every for everyone every week in in some way shape or form, yeah. and it'll be nice to have I want to call it normality for a change. Yeah, it's, I mean it all depends on on I mean I think I think it, like a, in sort of these some of these weeks guys have been picking up a lot of uh, clean sheet points and and sort of defend defensive attacking returns. Um, so it'll be interesting, you know, in a lot of these games, there are a lot of uh, low-scoring fixtures where no one's really got much, much action involved, many players involved in, the, in in these fixtures. So it might just be, you know, a case of the the, the Chelsea City uh, fixture is going to be interesting because a lot of people have a, have City and Chelsea players, and they and when they're playing each other, often what ends up is, you know, if you if you've got two or three of of both team. The majority of your team playing on one fixture is, is never a fun thing, um, and and that usually ends badly for you in, in in a game week. So it'll be interesting to see how balanced teams are because this this could certainly expose some teams that aren't that aren't balanced to balanced too well. No, it, you it's it, it's it's good that you mentioned the thing about balance because I've seen a few teams where the previous week in in game week four 
they were hitting like 80 points or something because they had like Ronaldo, Lukaku and Salah in their teams. One of them was the captain and then, you know, obviously they all hauled in that weekend. So great stuff. And then they went from having those massive game weeks to like barely hitting like mid 40s or something like that over there. Which mm. just So I suppose that's a flaw when 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 using that type of strategy strategy of going so premium heavy and then relying on players like you know Bisuma and you know to be in your starting 11 and look i suppose in this specific weekend something like livramento paid off but you know when you're talking about relying on these players week after week you know to to be to be loading up your team with like four, four point five, you know, you know, mid- midfielders and so on. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, it's 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 going to catch up on you. The you're going to have massive variance. You're going to have awesome weeks when your when your when your premiums perform, and you're going to have some really bad weeks when when they don't. And it's 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 basically working out whether that's going to you know over 10 game weeks is that going to be to your advantage or your disadvantage and it all comes down to those premiums performance if if they if they perform well enough in the, in the good weeks then sometimes it's you're going to have those bad weeks and you can shake them off but it, yeah. it makes it it makes it quite a roller coaster as a as a manager yeah look and i also like to do it over 10 weeks to say okay how many points have i actually lost because i actually work it out in blocks of two so i say okay well over two games how much am i expecting to average so if i score 18 one week and 40 in the other week okay fine it's 120 points which means i'm averaging 60 but technically speaking you want to be targeting that 65 70 mark and if you aren't getting that per week, you're talking about losing roughly like maybe five points a week and over 10 game weeks, that's 50 points. Yeah, it's almost like this, this slow um, decline that you have that you don't even, you're not even aware of when, you, when your team is lacking a bit of depth. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and that is exactly why, you know, uh, going back to talking about, you know, me wanting that seventh attacker in my team and not wanting to have the four defenders all the time mm. is because when I calculated it, in isolation, I was doing well. Like during those game weeks, I started off with like 100 points on game week one, then 71 in game week two, and another 71 in game week three. But I feel like every time I was looking at it and thinking, okay, if I had that one extra attacker, it's costing me like six points or five points or seven points or whatever it is. And if I start adding that up, over a 10 game week period let's call it five points that's like 50 points lost right over there that i'm that i'm kind of like you know sacrificing every week just because i want one extra premium in my team yeah that, that's the thing and I, I think i think the key is to take a look i mean if you haven't already take a look at the the fixture ticker that i post on twitter um i'm so far last season it was it, i think it was 98 percent accurate in, in terms of predicting goals and in the right um you know classifying fixtures in the in the right way this season there have been 140 goals scored so far no sorry 134 goals uh, scored so far and the the models predicted 140 and interestingly enough for the very good defensive fixtures there have been 11 fixtures that have been classified as very good for for defenses and 10 of those have been clean sheets so it's it's it really is picking up which you know how to how to move around your team and and 
when you're trying to balance a team, that becomes key because then you want to rotate players and you want to you, know, you want to have you know to really target the, the the good fixtures for for whether it's, whether it's for your attackers or your defenders. Yeah, it de definitely no, uh, and, and that was one of the things I, that I kept in mind when when building my wildcard team as well. Where at times it was like initially, for example, like I had Jota in my team and I had uh, Ferran Torres. Yeah. And then I looked at it and I thought, okay, well, you know what? Do I really want this combo or where? And then I decided to go for the combination of Rafinha and Grealish. And when I did that, it was actually not comparing like Grealish and Jota because I feel like Jota would probably ask for Grealish, but I was actually comparing the two City players versus the two versus Jota and Rafinha because mm. I know that Jota and Rafinha would probably play a little play a little bit more, maybe I don't know, but. It was it was looking to see from the city players who do I feel will actually outscore each other, and then between Jota and Rafinha who will score outscore each other. Now I I think that Jota would would outscore Rafinha, but I think that Grealish would outscore Torres, and that's what actually swung it in my favor, where uh, in 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 favor of going Grealish and Rafinha because I feel that that combo will get me the better results over the long term. Yeah, I think Grealish has been one of the unnoticed players this season. He hasn't scored a, a ton of points, but uh, his stats are still pretty good. And I think he seems to be getting a lot of minutes for the for the City team. And I think if if that continues, I I, I wouldn't be surprised if he he is one of the the top scorers for for City at the, come the end of the season. Yeah, well, they don't have any strikers to score, so it may as well <laughs> be him. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, look, um, all the best for Game Week 6. Maybe something resembling normality for us. Maybe, you know, hopefully now we can actually, you see, not expected points, but actual points for a change <laughs> would be quite nice. And then, yeah, we'll catch up next week. Perfect. Have a good Cheers, one, Claude. Man.